0: Um, there are some people that are not here today because they're very worried about this topic, which is really the reason they should be here. There are some people that are not here because they're worried about people looking at this and, oh, oh, now I see what's going on, young person. So, um, truth be told, I am really passionate about this topic. My wife is passionate about it. My daughter and my sons are passionate about it. Um, we've had some experiences in life, as many of you had, have, and, um, This is a topic that does carry with it some controversy. I've had some really good conversations so far at camp with apprehension involved in some of those, which is understandable. Um, But it's really an important thing that we we take a look at it and discuss it, and that's the why. It's an important topic, things are happening in society with social media that are really impacting how people interact. Am I looking to create a dramatic change here? Am I coming here as one person of the Apostolic Christian Church and as we're going to revamp and create a totally different way of doing things? That's not the case at all. I would not be that arrogant or that stupid. Social media is, the, is not all that we're ta- talking about today, but that's really, in a large part, the impetus of why we're here today. This is a page or a paragraph taken from the Approaching Marriage in Faith booklet. Um, how many of you are aware of this booklet? Most of you. I don't know how many of you read it. I read it decades ago. I, I, maybe that is a stretch, but I read it when it first came out. It was revised in 2015, which I think is important because it does carry with it some information about social media. So it, it's, it's been contemporized, if that's a word, um, and that's really important. So let me read a paragraph from that book, put together by the elders. <clears throat> Though we caution against careless interpersonal communications and we reject dating relationships as a practice of the world, it does not mean there is no place for direct communications between mature believers who are considering marriage. That's what I want to do here today. Just take that idea and expand on it a little bit. However, the need for carefulness, accountability, and transparency must be especially emphasized. If communications are appropriate, they should take place with the knowledge and advice of those spiritual authorities to whom we are accountable. Ideally, fathers and or elders should have this role. So you'll see as we uncover this topic today. I had not read this paragraph before a lot of what was put together in front of you was put. But what's interesting, and I believe the Spirit of the Lord was at work, that pretty much all these principles or what you have there. So I'm not inventing anything new. I'm just taking a paragraph from the Elder's Book and saying, let's put a little flesh on the bone if, you can, if I can use that crass of a statement. Form ground rules. When I say texting, and I've been corrected this a lot in my household with young people, texting to me is a word that will include things like Instagram messaging, uh, Facebook messaging, and even Snap Crap, as I refer to it. So those are all referred to. So when you say, to Brother Tom, I've never texted a girl. You're Snapchatting. I can't. Come on. So this is the word that will refer, refer to all those kind of under-the-radar phone-based communications. Questions? I'm sure people have questions. I'd like, I'm going to try to have some time at the end for that. But I also want to emphasize this is a sensitive topic. There may be a sensitive question that a young person wants to ask that they would never ask in this environment. So the point is, um, I'm here till the end of camp. I'm going to, have to show you my um, uh, email at the end. If you want to text me stuff after camp or talk to me during camp, if you want to talk to my daughter Kelly, um, we are happy to have discussions privately here at camp. So that's important. <clears throat> Parents are here, young married people are here, singles are all here, and the reason for that is because some married people, relatively newly married, said, "Michelle I even come? Yes, because I want you to understand what we're talking about. I want as many people as possible to be familiar with it. And you may or disagree, but um, if you're in a mentoring role with a younger person, um, I I want you to have at least some of this information. What's wrong with texting? It is a great communicative tool, People use it all the time, even here at camp. What's wrong with it? It's really, in a large part, it's not reality. It's sanitized. I've said this to my kids many times. You could give me a phone number of a 16-year-old girl. And I could make myself so amazing and interesting to her just by texting. She doesn't know my face. She doesn't know my name. And I'd say, oh, you know, how's it going? I'd use words like gonna and, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, And I I could probably make her at least interested to talk to me, even though I'm decades and almost a century older than her. So, it's not reality. It's an artificial environment. It's very sanitized. I can make, even if I'm a jerk, I can make myself look amazing by text. There's no accountability, it's hidden. Some of you, parents, you have no idea how much texting is going on with your kids, do you? Some of you may have an idea. Some of you think, oh, they're texting you on occasion. And the dark of night, the room is dark. You walk into the room at night, you walk in, and there's the glow on their face. (laughs) They're texting, or they're doing something. But a lot of it's happening. And it's often very hidden and private. And that's the problem. You see, because uh, back in the day, um, I got to know my wife, Amy, by being in social settings with a bunch of people. And would I have ever gone up to you and said... Um, you know, something kind of private or personal. Uh, because there's people all around. People be like, what are you, why are you talking to her that way? But this is private. This is quiet. Nobody knows. Your parents can't even go online and search out to see what those words are. Because it's very private. But as a parent, here's a little download for you. You can go online, look into your phone account, and download all the data of how many messages came from what number. Well, 13 to this person, but 450 this much from this number. (laughs) Son, daughter, who is this number? That's an interesting conversation for another day. Um, Texting can become consuming if you talk to any young person that's had a, a relationship kind of, be spawned by texting. It often starts with very simple, easy things, but it goes and it grows, and it goes. we'll talk about that quite a bit more. Misunderstandings are amplified. I had a fair number of situations in my life where I made a statement or said something, and I found out later this person blew this thing up to like, what in the world? How could you interpret that from that? This happens in texting, of course. And escalation. Is a problem. I have a small example that I called from a few of the people here at camp. I'm just kidding. This is Billy. I don't really know a Billy, so hey, are you going to camp? This is day one. Yeah, you? Yeah, gonna be fun. G-O-N-N-A, gonna be fun. I have to ask off work. Oh, I work for my uncle, so it's no problem. Nice. So you can do what you want. Kind of. Sometimes it's lame. How do you feel about that conversation? Very surface, right? I don't really have a problem with this conversation, except the gonna, maybe. Day two. Hey, getting off work doesn't look good. No way. Boss is annoying. Now, this is Sally talking. I will pray for you. I appreciate it. Every prayer helps. It would suck if you couldn't come, you think? Has this escalated at all in terms of intensity? Why? Oh, <laughs> oh, it's actually, yeah. So, interesting, right? Day three, any progress at work? Yes, got it off. Sweet. Why is that sweet? Just, I wouldn't want you to miss out. Really? Is that all? You are a jerk. Smiley face. L-M-R-E-L. Anyone knows what that means? Thank you for running. Under- Thank you, front. We're at a camp, right? <laughs> you parents, don't worry about it at all. Don't worry about it at all. So is this, is this okay. Wait, 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 wait. Is this escalating? Yes. And this is only day three. Does this sound like an unreasonable? And that this might have taken five days, but is this unreasonable what's happening here? No. Not at all. Day four. What are you getting in? Probably just before dinner. Ah, me too. Can't wait to see you. Been too long, I know. Is your hair still that? Is your hair still kind of long? No, cut it all off. What? All? Wait, a bit more modern cut. You'll see. Are we getting yet to a new level? If you're if you're the guy here talking to the girl and she said, cut it all off. What what's what's the subtext here? What's happening? Louder? I care how you look. I care how you look, because you looked really good before. And I'm nervous that you cut it all off. I mean, that is super subtle, but this is only day four. And it's obviously just fabricated, but this is the kind of thing that happens. And it may take longer than that to get to these points, but it's this subtle little escalation, one day at a time, and it's for one text one day, then two the next, then five, then 30, then 220. And I'm not kidding. All right. Quick review now. Um, Survey results. Um, I did a survey, some of you may have taken it, and I want to not spend a lot of time, but um, there's a a PDF of the PowerPoint that I'm sharing today, as well as a PDF of these results, so you can go home, download it, sit down with your kids over dinner and spend hours on these numbers. Okay, so what is your age today? So we didn't have a lot of teens, which is okay, Um, but a good number of people of all ages. And there was a section, if you didn't see the survey, there was a section, I think the first eight questions were for uh, young marrieds who have been through this texting environment as well as unmarried, and another section for um, parents and mentors. So that's how we divided it up. Um, What is your current status? So we had more singles than married. Generally during my single life, how often do or did you text people of the opposite sex? Daily, pretty small number, multiple times per week. And I can show you the numbers down here. It won't show up there. So, but multiple time, so daily, multiple times per week, and occasionally a few times. That, that's the lion's share of the people here, right? So there's a good amount of texting going on, which I anticipated. I thought it might be more than that. What were the topics of conversation with the opposite sex? And this is check all that apply, so you can't just add up the numbers at the end. But um, a lot of non-personal, I expected that to be the biggest. Topics of mutual interest, spiritual questions, You know, what do you think about that Bible study, blah, blah, blah. Light topics, more personal, but deeper about school and how it's going at school. You're going to college, you're, you're training, what are you doing, blah, blah, blah. Um, the last four, you need to be able to read them, so I'm going to go off this graph. The last four have a good amount of activity. This one here, if you see it, The first one there, 17 people out of whatever it was, said fun conversations, flirtations, many topics. Obviously, that's a bit of a concern there, right? Prayer requests, life concerns, deep questions. Now, that to me is, is that better or worse than flirtation? In terms of binding yourself to someone, that's probably, that's why it was in this order, that's probably a deeper level of contact. So it's gone beyond just, oh, fun, flirty stuff. It's gone to the point where it's having prayer requests. And that's, that's, that's developing a relationship that's bonding you together with this person. Next level, personal feelings towards each other. Personal compliments. 19 people, uh, 11 people said that, 19%. Uh, making future plans together, talking about moving forward in this relationship, planning to spend time together, desire for more just texting. So um, those are some pretty good sized numbers there. So, believe it or not, like it or not, there's a lot of activity going on. How many different people have you had a texting relationship with? Meaning, at least some serious feelings of affection were occurring, at least for you, and at least thoughts of a future together. So, this is not, a, not dating, not, this is just from the texting environment. How many times have you been in a situation where your feelings were starting to get ahead of you and you're starting to roll, okay? Green was the biggest never. Okay, we're Wonderful. But one time and two to three times was a pretty good number. So one time and two to three times on this survey was 32 people. One person, four to six. Two, I've lost count. Seven or more. Um, And that's a concern because, again, it's an artificial environment. And this is the environment where the situation where feelings are getting hurt. Distrust is happening. Breakup, so to speak, even if it's just online texting, it's, it's kind of a nightmare. Have you been in a dating relationship that involved at least spending time alone together over a period of time when there was clearly a mutual attraction and feelings expressed verbally? Pretty good numbers saying no. Thankful for that. But again, there's, there's quite a bit of, quite a, quite a number here of things happening. This is, this is a total response of the survey was 74, and young people was more like 50. Or around that number. How do you view dating versus courtship? I said the word. People were, advisors were concerned about the word, but we're going to talk quite a bit more about the word, so there you go. Uh, they're the same thing. The reason that people that I've talked to you about this said they're the same thing is that um, we've, we've had in our church culture the idea that we do not date, we don't date. So how do you get around that if you really want to date someone? You say, I'm not dating anyone. I'm courting. I'm courting. It's not dating at it all. It's a thousand miles away from it. We're going to define these two based on um, not only what the actual uh, definitions are, but for our purposes, we can define qu- courtship in a very specific way an ACC courtship way. Okay? Um, and again, a lot of people were kind of leaning on that, that last one, which I'm thankful for. All right? Um, and the definitions, you can read them yourselves. I don't want to spend too much time here. In terms of finding a suitable spouse, I feel that with prayer and faith, the method that best suits me is going through an elder, dating someone for a good amount of time, the courtship approach, and honestly, I honestly have no idea. So, and that's probably more females answering that than I know. I'm just guessing, based on what Kelly's told me in the past, because that was her prior notion. I have no idea. Okay, so parents and mentors, we're going to kind of fly through this. Um, Knowledge of your child uh, engaging in all the following that apply. So parents, to a certain degree, are aware of what's going on, which is good. Have you specifically discussed and established guidelines for texting the opposite sex? Um, Some good work going on there. Awesome. And dating versus courtship. Once again, we have uh, the two are the same, a pretty good contingent of people. That number was six, but 17 people said dating is casual without um, oversight, and courtship is different than that. So, all right. We'll get rid of this for now. Back to where we were. Okay. Um, as you know from the first slide, we have three things we want to cover today the Bible and its wisdom, a compass. And Brother Terry Awe, always ready to help, not only brought this in and said, if he needs to use it, I should call him up. So Terry, be ready. We'll get to that in a little bit. Prayer. I'm going to turn it over to Kelly for a moment, because before you even start thinking about courting someone, prayer is a critical part of this. And I'm going to turn it to Kelly.
1: Hello. Um, As my dad mentioned, I went through a series or a time in my singleness where I felt like I didn't know what the right path was. I couldn't really do anything, especially as a woman. I couldn't ask anybody uh, to marry me through the elder. That doesn't really go well. (laughs) Um, I guess maybe it's been done. I have no idea. Who knows? I wasn't going to do it. (laughs) Um, And I was really convicted when I read an article that was about um, praying for your future spouse. I feel like a lot of times, at least for me, um, I was in the headspace where you pray about, you know, people that are sick or, you know, your daily life or whatever it is. But I had never considered the, the notion of praying for somebody that I didn't know without a name. So this article really convicted me and showed me that I, I can pray for my future husband and lift him up to God without, him, without his name even being in my head because God already knew who my future spouse was going to be years in advance, and I could, I could intentionally and really do that, and that just really hit home for me, and I thought that was a beautiful way to really connect spiritually with my future spouse without having any idea who he was. Um, yeah, I think I forgot something. Oh, I was also going to talk about writing letters. Okay, okay good. Um, Another thing that I was encouraged to do, sorry, um, was to also write letters to my future spouse. So I also did that just because it kind of helped me um, share my emotional side of things or um, even just prayer requests that I had for him so that I could remember that later on or so that I could give that to him later on, which was a way that just kind of helped me journal my thoughts or... um, connect in an emotional way without texting somebody or without having a meaningless meaningless conversation with somebody that wasn't going to be committed Um, so those are two things that I was really encouraged to do and I hope that that is also encouraging for you
0: what's exciting about that and what's valuable about that is that you know I think I probably had my first crush on someone when I was like 13, 14 and you know you go through multiple ones when you're a little kid you have no idea what you're doing but When you get a little bit older, like 16, 17, 18, there's a real desire to be in a relationship that's strong. Everyone in this room has probably experienced that. It's strong. And this is an activity that you can actually do without embroiling another person and creating problems for yourself. And I guarantee you, I don't think you did this, but if you wrote a letter to your future spouse at 17 and then wrote another one when you were 22, they would look very different. But it would still be kind of neat to see that progression and have that outlet, that outlet to to kind of address something that's really on your heart probably every day to some degree. So thank you for that, Kelly. So the Bible. We're going to go through a bunch of verses kind of quickly um, as they relate. And some of them are on your handout. Ephesians, um, Ecclesiastes 4.12. And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him, and a threefold core is not quickly broken. This is a great verse that often refers to the idea of a spiritual marriage, a spiritual relationship, is not just me texting you. It's from the very beginning, through prayer, God involved, God directing, God authorizing, God establishing. Psalm uh, 37, 34a, Wait on the Lord and keep his way. He shall exalt thee to inherit the land. Don't rush things. God's going to provide. I love that. Now flee youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the name of the Lord from a pure heart. Youthful lust is something that probably everyone on the planet has dealt with. And don't let those things drive you to start a relationship before it's time. To start engaging with people at 15, 16, 17. You're not ready. And I often tell this to people at a young age. If they're, if they're 17, I say... What kind of conversation would you have about boys or girls with yourself at 13? Oh, I could tell them so much. Yeah. And so if you're 17, can you imagine what you at 22 will say to yourself at 17? You'll learn so much. So don't rush it. 2 Corinthians. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? You have to marry a Christian. And you know, well, we live in a real world where people are out at work and at school and they meet someone, and they may be great. And they may start having a dialogue with you and they're like, you're like, wow, boy, this person's really giving me a lot of attention, guy or girl, because it happens both ways. What's the answer? The answer is, I'm a Christian. And if that's not off-putting to you, you need to learn what it means to be a Christian. Come to church with me. And it'll be awkward for me, for sure. But I'm not going to mentor you. I'm not going to counsel you. I'm not going to guide you in becoming a Christian. This is something you need to get from, if you're a man, an older brother in our church that can mentor you, counsel you, whether it's someone that has experience in life or an elder and minister. Girls, same thing. Come to church, but I'm not going to be the one to guide and mentor you. Because why is that important? We all know why. If you start mentoring someone, people spend time together, Things happen, and we want to be in a situation where this person is not getting so connected to you as a young believer to the point where you start losing sight, and we'll kind of talk about that, like losing sight of reality. This person needs to understand that your priority is not this relationship. Your priority is your relationship with Christ, so that's really critical. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. God, his principles, his spirit in you, and his gift of spiritual thinking, as well as seasoned mentors around you, uh, parents and such, um, advice from them are critical in this process. This is something that uh, we've talked with all our kids, that you know, when it comes time to get married, we want to be part of that process. Not that we're going to pick someone for you, but we want to be part of the process, so you go about it in a way that we want to have the same faith that you have. When you get to the point, say, why well, want to get married to this person? We want to be on the same page and be excited at the same level that you are. So that's critical. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not jealous. Love does not brag, is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered. When you engage in a process of meeting someone, getting your heart all going, that's a selfish process. It really is. And you have to understand that. You're seeking something for yourself. When I first saw her at a young age and recognized who she was, I was taken aback. So beautiful. Understandable. But the reality is, my attention towards her, which was very cautious and far away at the beginning, um, I selfishly started thinking about her a lot. It was a very selfish pursuit. And had I been talking to a mentor about it at a young age, he's like, Tom, just observe her at a distance, and we'll talk about that some more. But the reality is, um, when we realize the desire to be in a relationship at a young age, it's selfish, and it's understandable. We're built that way. But there's just some things we want to put in place to protect ourselves from getting ahead of ourselves. Love one another just as I have loved you. Love, even its beginning, must have elements of selflessness Early stages are full of excitement, but prepare for experiencing misunderstanding, forgiveness, mercy, patience. And this is the kind of elements that you do not get for the most part in a texting relationship. It's artificial. This is something that um, even engaged couples will go through all these kind of things. And it's important to see that. But that's for later. That's for when you're ready to be married. The compass. Uh, So we talked about the Bible, stage one. The compass is something that... um, is an important part of this concept, okay? What does a compass do? If I'm holding a compass, what happens? It always points north. It doesn't lose its way, right? When you're getting involved in a relationship, what happens? You're spinning in circles. You're you're losing your way. So you need a compass, which is reliable. And what's your compass? A mentor, a parent, a minister, an elder. Okay? And... Some parents might say, well, don't involve a mentor. There's a lot of different situations out there, and we want, I wanted to make sure that we had a situation for everyone. And some people want to may, may want to involve a minister or an elder. Great. That's a great idea because they have watch over you. That's their job. But at least a mentor or a parent. When I say a mentor needs to be involved in this process, let's say you're 21 years old and you've been having feelings for this person, and you're thinking that maybe, maybe you'd like to court this person. A mentor is not your 22-year-old friend that's engaged. Okay? Because that's going to be like, It's so exciting! That, that was a girl. A guy was like, Dude, go for it, man. So we want someone that is seasoned in the faith, someone that will be able to be honest and forthright with you, someone that's gone down the road of life, Preferably someone that's married, because they're going to have some perspectives and experience about that as well. So we want to talk to a parent or a mentor that cares about you, that knows you, that can give you, uh, keep you on a path of true north. Okay? The role is that they're going to keep a level head, because you probably won't. They're going to give a, be a, a, a place for accountability. And this is really important. Because we talked about texting is sequestered, it's silent, nobody knows what's going on. And it's a problem. We want to be, have an upfront relationship, not dis, disclosed to everyone. We want to keep it very quiet, but we want to have standards of behavior and accountability, okay? We want to have oversight of the process. We'll talk a little bit more about that in Specificity later. The fire extinguisher. Thank you, Brother Terry. People, people, people ask me, but I didn't tell anyone what it's all about for the most part because uh, that's why I wanted you to come like Brother Joe threw me under the bus this morning. Fire extinguisher, what's the purpose of it? Your feelings and desires as a 13, 14, 15-year-old, 18, 19, 22-year-old are a pile of kindling, soaked in gasoline. People are chuckling because they know that it's true. So here's what happens, all right? Flirtation, dabbling in a relationship, especially before your time, is like this. Tom, I got this under control. Watch, watch. Problem solved. It's not, a, it's not an issue at all. This is so easy. But, you know, just, just I wasn't the one. She brought some kindling, so it's not my fault. It's a little bit bigger, but we're just going to get marshmallows. We're warming our hands. Nothing bad is happening. There's no tent nearby. It's just a little bit of warmth. Everything's fine. A few days later, someone's bringing logs, and it's a bonfire. And you know what happens with a bonfire when the wind kicks up? A lot of you have been to this place. <laughs> it's, there's no control. You've got to bring in the hot shots. This is out of control. So, build a relationship while delaying the fire of emotion, passion, or contact. I'm not saying this is an easy thing. But <clears throat> when Kelly was engaged to Aiden, as well as when Kevin and Abby were engaged, we said, what's really important here?" is that as you start a dialogue, as you start courting, we want to make sure you understand some ground rules. Even though you may be thinking, he's super handsome, she's gorgeous, don't say any of that. Don't put logs on the fire. I want you just to have conversations about things. I just want you to talk about things. Talk about life. Talk about how you were raised. Talk about how you would discipline children. Talk about if you want children or not. Talk about all these different things. How do you deal with anger? Do you get quiet? Do you get loud? Are you a like, yeller or a screamer? Or do you shut things down? You need to. Um, there's a list on the back of your thing. Don't look at it now, but that's what that's all about. <clears throat> so the document, if you want to look at it quick. Um, I put this together. A bunch of people have given me input and tweaks and modifications to it. Um, I'm not saying that this is perfect or great by any means. The goal of this document is just to have you go from this place, read it through, digest it, and start a dialogue with your spouse, with your children, with people in church, just to see if there's some elements, you know what, that actually makes sense, or I don't like this. My uh, email is on there. You can always email us, Tom, delete this, that's a nightmare. Talk to me about it. I may not do it, but you can tell me at least. So we want to start a dialogue, Each experience is different. I don't want people to think that, oh, this is now how we want to do it. You have to follow every step perfectly um, and, you know, specific time frames. That's not the case. There's just a lot of principles here that if we understand the principles, we're going to have a lot less heartache, a lot more maturity going into relationships uh, through the idea of courtship. We want tools for proving how we approach marriage. That's really what this is all about. Dating versus courtship. Okay. Dating. And you could probably find 50 different dictionaries and find different definitions, but these are the definitions that I thought were very good and very clear and what I want to build off of, okay? Dating is two people in an intimate relationship. The relationship may be sexual, but it does not have to be. It may be serious or casual, monogamous or open, short-term or long-term. There's a lot that falls into that category, And I will stand here and tell you that I'm not in favor of young people doing this, especially people that are not of marriageable age. But even people of marriageable age, this is um, kind of under the radar, or maybe it's out in the open, but this is fraught with peril and problems. Courtship, the act, period, or art of seeking the love of someone with intent to marry. If you're 16, 14, don't tell me you're in a courtship relationship. I don't don't care how mature you are. I'm saying no. Beyond that date, that's between you and your parents and God above, okay? So, alternative phrases. Because some people shape at the idea of the word. I just gave you a good definition, but I thought, you know what? Let me throw some other options out there because they might be better. Spouse vetting. Doesn't flow off the tongue quite as nicely, but if you'd rather talk to your children about spouse vetting, fine. Facade dismantling exercise, a little bit more cumbersome on the tongue, but maybe more along the lines of my personal favorite, other than courtship, would be pre engagement interrogation. (laughs) Because really, as most of us were laughing about it, that's what this should be courtship, it should be interrogation's a rough word, but it's really, that's what I want people to think about. This is not about sending flowers and telling you you're beautiful, it's about, I wanna know what you think, I wanna know what you feel, I wanna know what you believe. Is it interrogation? Kind of. Or we just use courtship and go home. So in the document, you will see three different areas. The first one is observation. I'm going to go over this a little bit. We're doing okay on time. And again, I'm not going to go into super detail, but the observation period is something that a young person could engage in. I'd prefer that they start at 13, 14, 15. We're just praying for an amorphous thing. But when I was 17, I was checking her out. I admit it. And you know what happened? For many years, I never had a personal conversation with you, did I? For many years. But what I did was I watched her. And little by little, you know, the first thing, obviously I thought she was pretty and that was true, it was true. Um, but, but that's not everything. If she would have been a nightmare personality-wise, I would have like, yeah, done, moving on. But as I watched and observed her, um, I saw that she was kind, somewhat shy, which is okay with me. I saw that she had relationships with people of older ages and young children. I saw those kind of things. Um, I, there was a school that I wanted to go to near where she went to church. And it was my first truly earnest, honest prayer with the Lord. I was like, Lord, going to school in New York, I could go to New Jersey church. It would be amazing. You know she's there. You know that I'm not objective about this. But I'm just saying, it's also close to home. So there, there's, you know, there's reason that it would be helpful. The Lord worked it out. But the beautiful thing about that was, in a very um, observational way, I got to know her through youth group. She was a participant. She became a believer with us. She was a participant in youth group. All I was able to stay in her home as well as many other homes, and um, observe her with her parents, with other people, um, and just through observation, I thought this is an amazing girl. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else I should cover on observation. I'm just winging this off the top of my head, so that's why I'm, I'm just floating like this. Um, it's important during the observational stage to not text, not have personal conversations, because you just want to observe this person. Because the beauty of obs- observing her is she did not know, you had no idea what I was doing, she did not know, and I was able to averse, observe her in a very natural state. She's not showing up to a date where she's all dressed up nicely and she's putting on her best face. No, I saw her in her natural state, dealing with people, dealing with parents, dealing with other, with church, and that, that's a beautiful thing to be able to do because you really get a much better true sense of a person when they don't know they're being observed. So that's the important part of observation. So that, that might go on in a young person for many years like it did with me, for probably... Six or seven years, I would say. A long time observing. You may think that's boring, but um, I made notes to myself about interactions. I sent to you down the road after we were engaged. Um, but the point is is that uh, it's an important time. So let's say you get to a point where you've been observing for a long time, and maybe you've had conversations with your mentors or your parents. Say, so you know what? I think this person's really amazing, and I would like to court her. Um, first thing is you obviously talk to your mentors you lay some groundwork, ground rules of what you're going to do uh, this is a, a stage we call accountability and the idea here is like I said before first get permission from her parents and, and you, it could be something that, that I would talk to you like would say you know Amy I've known you for six years and um, I would like to with your parents permission have some conversations with you about your life ideas your perspectives and see if maybe there's a reason for us to take this to the next step, because I think you're really sweet. Maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> that might slip out. That might slip out. I didn't say, I just said sweet. So the bottom line is, she would then talk to her parents, or maybe would have talked to them first, and then we get permission, theoretically, and then we have conversations. In safe settings, um, over the phone, I know people here have done it over the phone, um, and, and even, even, you know, Reasonably talking about texting within reason. I know Kevin and Abby, when they started courting, they said, let's not get too crazy with tons of texting. I think over time it escalated a little bit, didn't it? <laughs> but again, I think they started slow, and they, they were intent on asking each other a lot of questions. And as things rolled forward, they started to get more comfort and realize, you know what? I think this is going to move forward. So um, again... The beautiful thing is having accountability and starting slow and just starting with lots of questions. And If you look on the back here, um, questions for courtship, there's a load of questions that I got from a bunch of different people and sources. Um, and this is not exhaustive. There's more probably. But this will at least spark your idea of the kind of things you want to talk with a person before you talk about, oh, you're so beautiful. I think you're amazing in every single way. Okay. And the last part is engagement. One thing I want... So, I'm sorry. Accountability. The last thing about accountability, we talked about having mentors involved, kind of monitoring this, and having ground rules in play. And what's really important is that this is quiet. It's under the radar with accountability. And the reason for that is this. Let's say I start talking to Amy. We have four or five conversations, and I find out there's a bunch of disconnects. It's not going well. Then we have a hard conversation with my mentors, We have a hard conversation together. and say, you know what? Maybe we're not right for each other. Maybe it's not the right time. And we walk away. When I see her a month or two months or three months later, is it awkward? A little bit. But if I was not in the, the process of that, gushing over how beautiful she is, would it be less awkward? Yeah. Was it announced in church? No. Nobody knows. My best friends shouldn't even know because, you know... What I'm talking about? So this is under the radar, and down the road, let's say she marries somebody else. It's a lot less traumatic. It's a lot less awkward. It's just a better plan to have accountability and to have these conversations in quiet so that if things don't work out, it's a lot of, uh, I don't want to say reputations, because this is not a bad thing to do, but the the publicity, the publicness of it and a breakup it's it's avoided and I think that's a real benefit. As well as I have had a number of people come up to me and say, Tom, what can you do to get these young men to get married? I think that this method is perhaps a lot less traumatic. It still requires courage, and it could even be a situation where a sister sparks the conversation to happen. I'm okay with that with mentors. <laughs> But the idea is, I think, I think it's a lot less traumatic for a young man to say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, because I, I I've been observing you for a while, but I want to get to know you, want to know you spiritually, interpersonally, and I want to know these things about you to see if, if there's something there. And if it doesn't work out, I, th- I think that it's a softer start to something big. Engagement, there's information on here in terms of premarital counseling, and all those kind of things, but that's not my focus for today. So I've kind of covered this actually already. It involves not talking to her, not expressing feelings, just observing, and it's critical. Natural environment, observing interactions, priorities and demeanor, and I'm going to turn it over to Kelly here.
1: So when I was still single and in my teens, I think I read this blog that was very convicting to me, and it was about like how to treat um, the opposite sex. I'm probably gonna refer to um, them as men because I'm a woman, so makes sense. Um. <laughs> and so as, as I was going through this blog, I was like feeling good. I was checking it off. I said, oh. I know some girls that do this, and I do not do this, so I am doing fantastic. Um, some girls would, you know, treat some, a man like their sibling, even though they're not, and that is not how God is is called us to to treat the opposite sex. If they are not so your sibling, you should not be hugging on them, you know, um, interacting with them like that, because that can lead to a lot of confusion and. Um it's not it's not the way that the Bible has called us to treat them. It's not respectful of them. Um also not as if you're other your future spouse, which I was like, great, I'm not flirting with guys, I don't do that, so I am doing a fantastic job. Again, we're just making it through this this blog post, just feeling good about myself. Um, I um, sorry. Um, it's it's interesting to watch, you know, your friends and um, people interact with the opposite sex because you kind of compare yourself in that situation, right? And um, it, this is also not a godly way to interact with the opposite sex. Um, then I got to this one, and I was like, shoot. <laughs> I ignore men because that's, I think that's the way that I can be godly is to not talk to them. But that's also not God-honoring because they are my brothers in Christ, and if I'm ignoring them, then I'm not treating them with that respect and um, that that familial—not familial—but you know, church. They're part of the church, and I was ignoring half of it, so that's also not good. And then I was very convicted about that and realized that I was not actually checking off all of these. Um, and then it kind of concluded as. Um, you're supposed to treat them as if they're somebody else's future spouse. And that has stuck with me through years. I think this blog post was written in 2014. And that, I don't know if I read it that year, but that has just really hit home with me because the odds are when you're talking to a a young single man or woman, um, they are not your future spouse, probably. One of them is, but you don't know which one that is. So if you are treating somebody else as if they're somebody else's future spouse as if they're engaged already to somebody else that's not you, then you are going to be respectful. You are going to be kind. You're not going to be touching them and flirting with them and texting them because that would be weird if you were texting somebody that was engaged, right? Um, So that really convicted me and it was an easy thing for me to remember and check myself in conversations with young single men that I tried not to ignore after that.
0: Thank you, Kelly. Accountability, I've kind of rolled through this already. Um, The approach is using mentors and parents to kind of help you stay accountable, help you stay on track, that's your compass. Uh, You want to explore with this person if a discussion is warranted and and if it is, um, how's it gonna go? There's, There's a lot of approaches to get this done. There's a lot of ways to start in this process. Um, but important critical parts are mentorship and and being accountable and making sure that um, we have limits on what we talk about. Quite a thoughtful, the list. So on the back here, in addition to questions to talk about, um, is important priorities. Kelly, you're going to talk about that as well, right? Yeah, yep. Yep.
1: Okay. So this is probably my most vulnerable part of the forum here, because this list is very close to my heart. Um, I compiled this list over years of just observing other men in my life, whether it be my dad or my brothers or men in church, um, and I was really convicted to write out a list that was traits of somebody's, um, traits of Somebody that I thought would be a godly husband, and it wasn't things like I needed to be six two and have, you know, dark hair or whatever, um, because those things are fleeting. Sometimes, especially the hair, but you know, <laughs> don't tell him I said that. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> it's not about you. <laughs> um, and I just want to share that this not like a wish list, but an intentional. Um, list of things to pray for over your future spouse that um, you can really lift up to God in prayer and work on yourself as well. So it's not like things that you should be checking off when you're looking at somebody and like, oh, yep, those are things. Um, But I just encourage you to write your own list if you're single of things that are really priorities to you and what you need to to serve God best in your life and what you'd need in a spouse and to also not get too set on them being the perfect person and needing all these things, but also looking for um, ability for them to grow in that. So if you see even um, they're they're committing to the church, and you see that they can even grow more in that, then that's that's something that is admirable. Um, I think another important note is that. These are also things that you should be praying over yourself because you can't just be praying these over your future spouse and just ignoring yourself. If you want a godly husband that is a leader in your family and that is bold in that, you can't not pray for yourself to be a submissive wife. It goes hand in hand. So it's not just praying for them, but also praying that God would grow those things in yourself as you wait and as you observe or whichever area you're in um, in your courtship or pre-courtship. Um, I think that's all I have for that. Okay.
0: Thank you, Kelly. Yeah. And engagement, it's a prayerful decision together. Hopefully, when you get to this point, you've had a lot of conversation. There shouldn't be any surprises anymore. Um, announcement mm-hmm. happens. Premarital counseling takes place, which is critical. And the goal is God has a plan for you. For those of you that are maybe in this stage right now and you're worried, you're concerned, God has a plan. And I'm hoping that maybe some of the elements here struck home with you and the idea of having a conversation. um, As the Elder's Book said, and as we're talking about here in a a method of courtship with accountability is really important. Um, People make mistakes. Um, People maybe think something's there and it's not. But you know what? God is faithful. We learn through our mistakes and he can get you past them. Be brave. I'm especially talking to the young men here. Be brave. Be patient. Be spiritual. And find a way, if you have it in your heart, to get married. um, Sitting on your hands and not doing anything is not going to get it done. It's a scary time, but I think that this method is perhaps a little bit scarier than full-on just, will you marry me? Because that question really should come to me after you've had a chance to understand exactly where they are and where they're going in life. The goal is not just that, but that and that. I will put this all up here. Um, I will take some questions now, not that I'll have any answers, but um, that's my email on there. My email is on the page. I'm going to give you Kelly's email if someone wants to talk to Kelly and not me, which is totally understandable, maybe preferable. It's Kelly Beth, her take, so K-E-L-L-Y-B-E-T-H, NITZ, N-I-T-Z. I -I (laughs) I was just seeing if she's awake, at gmail.com. And if you forget or didn't write that down, you can always email me and say, hey, Tom, send me Kelly's contact information. I'll do that. So, um, Time now is 11.34. <laughs> we have a few minutes for some questions or comments or whatever. Do we have any votes for um, spouse vetting? <laughs> whatever. Pre-engagement interrogation. <laughs> yes. We're glad to have you here.
2: I came here as a teenager, um, what I observed in many churches, in evangelical churches, was not what you had put up there and the uh, carefully uh, specced out guidelines. Um, so I want to preface my statements with a note of appreciation uh, for what I see in this community, the sense of sobriety even amongst men and women. Uh, but I would like to ask one question. Um, maybe they are combined together. But the, you know, you talked about mentorship. You talked about the three threads in Ecclesiastes. Um, what the how how a person needs to cultivate their personal walk with God, so that that serves as a complement uh, to their prospective spouse. Um, And then the next is the mentorship part of it is where does the Holy Spirit come into play uh, in helping with the mentorship part of it? Uh, Because if you looked at uh, uh, the marriage between Abraham and Sarah, uh, Ebenezer was sent, his servant was sent to get uh, a wife for Abraham and was directed by the Holy Ghost, right? Correct. Uh, And so... Uh, I'm just trying to sort of think out aloud yes. uh, on 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 perhaps things that need to be and, added and or complemented. It's very
0: possible that I've missed a bun- bunch of nuance and details. But as we talked about earlier, you know, when when we were a Christian. The Holy Spirit is in us. And part of this process with mentors is to be praying about it, as Kelly started talking about, praying about it and making sure that we're not doing this in a quiet way, just texting and getting out of hand. We're, mm-hmm. we're thoughtfully approaching God saying, you know, I want to find a spouse. I want to have a conversation with a person that, from an observational standpoint, seems suited to me. But once we start talking I find out where she is spiritually and what her goals are in life, then the Spirit will, through that, for sure talk to me and say mm-hmm. yea or nay. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's obviously um, an important element of this whole thing, for sure.
2: Yeah, and I, I, just one little thing I want to say, yep. and I know we are, we are close to closing time. Um, I, I came to the realization that unless two people find their contentment uh, in, in the Holy Spirit and in, in, in the Lord, uh, they're basically trying to find, they would attempt to find happiness in the other partner, and that would be a disaster. So, from what I see in most of uh, evangelical churches in America, uh, and it's even in overseas now, uh, that, uh, you know, marriages are breaking up because of unrealistic expectations right. from their, their, opposite, their partners. Uh, and, and there is no real contentment in the Holy Ghost and how to cultivate that, that right. teaching is not there in the church anymore.
0: Well, and that kind of goes to this whole topic. You know, it, I was talking to someone earlier this week, that you know, if I was 15 and 17 years old and I had a cell phone in my pocket back a century ago, I, I would have, if, if a girl's name popped up with a text, I'd be, that, that's an adrenaline rush, to be honest. That's like, ooh, man. Even if I didn't like it, like, oh, that's kind of cool. you know. not supposed to an idiot friend, whatever. So so there's, there's definitely that element that um, we, we think that having a girlfriend or having a great conversation with someone over text is going to fulfill me make me happy if you're going into marriage thinking I'm kind of miserable but this will make me happy you're, you're finished you're in real trouble we have to be grounded and rooted in Christ with our mentors looking at us and, and, and if, if you went to your parents or your mentors and say, I would like to start courting and get married and they see that you're not mature enough or you're not grounded in Christ enough the first thing that they would hopefully say was you're not ready let's talk about getting you more stable as a Christian dedicated and working in church and all those kind of things Anybody else? The time, can you share some thoughts on how you can practically observe somebody if they're not in your whole or across the country, that's challenging. But that's what Eastern Camp is for. <laughs> I mean, honestly, um, if, if there was, you know, I, I had a unique situation. I was observing her for a while, then I went to college where she was, so that was a blessing uh, that God worked that out. But um,
1: okay, so I'll, I'll talk about your experience. Go ahead. Too. yeah this is why it 's so important to travel. I tell young people this all the time, like you have yeah. to visit other churches not only to see the congregation and like understand more about our church at large but also to meet people yeah that's I mean, I would never would have met Aiden, Aiden from Arizona. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So. well, and what was interesting is Kelly went to the uh, the mission in in Kentucky, yeah. and Aiden happened to be there and knowing my daughter, that kind of environment with a lot less people, a lot less tension. Um, and even uh, disabled people, that you're, you, that's your wheelhouse because that's your education. That was a great opportunity for her to kind of be herself, and she could observe Aiden as a servant, he could observe her as a servant, and that was kind of the start of Fear You, right? That was what started a dialogue.
1: But also don't go on mission trips to get
0: married. What's that? <laughs> don't go on mission trips to get married. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm just saying that, that if, you, if you travel and go places, it, it's not easy necessarily, um, but it's possible. Yes? Great question, and if you'll notice, if you look in here, the question was how you know people ask. Well, how long should a courtship last? Well, as you notice, there's nothing in here about a time frame. Um, I would say it's going to be different for different people. Some people within you guys were maybe a number of month and a half or something, month and a half, half. Um, but they had a lot of conversation that month and a half, and they felt like yeah, we're in good shape.
1: I like Um, to call it a bubble. What's that? I like to call it a bubble because you kind of have an idea of like, yeah. how long a bubble
0: was. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I think it's going to be different for everyone. I would suggest that being in a relationship, a courtship relationship where you're withholding all the discussion of, I think you're beautiful and I'm in love with you, that would probably not be able to last a super long amount of time. I think two, three, four months that you're like, either it, you've, by that time you found out it's not going to work or you're going to blow up. Yes. I was just going to mention that God has a specific gift for each individual, whether it's to be single for a time or to be married for a time. It's the best to serve him. And that gift can change. And we need to ask that question of the Lord and abide and obey by what he wants us to do. Amen. Amen to that, brother. If you were a mentor, what, what would be a time when you would not recommend a young brother to pursue marriage? Like if, Or a situation they're in? Well, that's, that's, a, that's a challenging question. I guess the first thing I would look at is I would sit down with him. Before I even talked about who, i said, like, say, where are you at right now in life? And I would ask him about things like, where are you spiritually? Are you in a good place spiritually? Kind of referring to the brother here about... Um, are you, are you trying to make yourself happy? Or do you feel like God wants you to have a help meet to serve Him better, connected with someone? Um, I would also ask some, some very logical questions, like, how old are you? I, 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 how mature are you? I, I don't even know that. Or maybe you do, and that, that makes me nervous or it doesn't make me nervous. Financially, are you capable at this point in time? Is it a good time in life for you to do this? And it doesn't mean that they have to be, you know, rolling in dough, but you have to have kind of a plan because you can't just move forward and engage with woo And now it's like... Um, we, we can't live, we can't survive because we weren't really ready. So there's a lot of questions that, that are important to ask that person before this whole thing starts, for sure.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I have a few thoughts. To, that's a great question, so I have a few thoughts about that, too. Um, and one would be a real awkward question, but really important, is how are they doing in the area of sexual temptation? Because if uh, if someone is addicted to pornography or doesn't have a handle on that... This is not the answer. That's deadly, (laughs) deadly for marriage. So it's got to cover those sensitive kinds of things.
0: Fair point. Very well well stated. We were told this morning to end forums on time. It's 11.44, so you have one minute. If it's burning in your chest, you want to get it off, let's go. Oh, right here. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. I
1: feel like you guys are playing a little bit with semantics here a little okay. bit. So what's the difference? Okay, so a brother proposes. A sister has a full right, once she gets a proposal, to just you know, wait, say you know, talk to them a little bit, maybe Absolutely. ask the elder questions. So Absolutely. So you know, what's the difference between do you want to court do you want to get engaged? I mean, to me... I,
0: I the know. difference is um, I've been to six events. I've seen you over the past two years. I've been observing you. And I've had conversations with you in a group, but I've never really had a chance to talk with you about things. And I think you're a spiritual woman. I think that there's a chance here, but I really want to wanna know more about you before I, I jump in and, and ask you to marry me. And, and I, I think it's, it's an easier step than jumping right into that question. And I think there's a lot of girls that want to have... I mean, I know of situations in the room where... Um, quite, these, these two people wanted to get engaged but they, they honestly both said I'd like to have some conversation with you before and and some, maybe it is all semantics but I just think that um, it's, a, it's, it's a step before saying I want to marry you because honestly um, the idea of engagement the reason we don't go from nothing to we're getting married tomorrow the idea of engagement is really kind of trying to sort out if we're really matched for each other and the challenge with engagement, before you've had all these questions is, we're engaged, Woo, everyone's excited me, three months later it's like, what happened? That's, that's kind of hard, right? So I think in the quiet sequestration of having people mentoring us, we're having some conversations, I just think it's, it's, it's a step before engagement.
2: Um, you
1: stress the importance of parental involvement. And just, you, just so everyone
0: knows, Amara's the one that's making us go late. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> um, anyone gets to choose their mentor. We don't get to choose our parents. And what if your parents disagree with the ideas of dating or courtship? Where does one Those go two from two there? Really oh, Those are two really
0: different things. Those are two really different things. a
1: parent disagrees with courtship? Where does a single person who wants to go that route, where do they go from there?
0: That, I, I anticipated this because I've already had this conversation more than once. Um, that's a challenging situation, but that's why I put down mentors. Um, and I, I'm not in favor of having people go against their parents' wishes. But I also think that if you're a mature adult and you feel like you really need to have a conversation with someone first, it's fair for you with an appropriate mentor to have that conversation. And the, probably the best approach would be talk to the mentors Make a plan, and before anything happens, sit down with your parents as a group. Say, listen, this is, what, this is what we're thinking. And hopefully your parents have some respect for you and respect for the mentors, and you can kind of work out an understanding of how does, how does this look like? What does this look like? But that's not necessarily easy and somewhat challenging. Um, we, there's a whole other area of this that I'm not going to get into that gets complicated, that a young man approaches a set of parents, and I would like to court your daughter, and they're like, no, she's not ready. Two years go by, he's just observing, and another engagement or proposal comes in. They really need to share that with the daughter, even if it's no right now, right? Because it's, it can get really complicated. So, but we can talk about that privately, so...